Welcome to the Two Stools Podcast. My name is Connie, and on this podcast, my co-host Will and I will be talking about sports, entertainment, traveling, and many other topics. We hope you enjoy listening. All right, let's uh, dive right into this. Game six, Milwaukee Bucks versus Phoenix Suns. Giannis, 50-point bomb. What'd you guys think of this performance? What'd you guys think of this game? You can go first. Okay. Well, I didn't get the chance to watch the whole game. I got there like halfway through the third quarter. Yep. Um, but dang, like, what a show. <laughs> like, was, yeah. was close the whole time I was watching it and definitely did not disappoint. Um. I think when I logged on, I think Giannis was only at, like, 30 points or so. Yeah. And, like, to see him go on that tear was pretty impressive. Um, like, just just those last, like, 10 minutes or so of the game, like, yeah, yeah, like that was definitely a pretty incredible finals performance. For sure. For sure. Um that well, I don't want to say too much yet. Alfonso, what 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 else what would you think? Did you watch yeah, the game? I mean, I got to watch almost all the game. I didn't see all the first quarter, but I saw yeah. all the rest of the quarters and you know, Giannis just simply could not be stopped. You know, he yeah. any way he just got right past them and you know, I just think he exposed their uh, defense. You know, I mean, he just he. I don't, there's really no words to express it. Just he cannot be stopped. Simple as yeah. that. You know. And, um, oh, sorry. You go, Will. No, I was just gonna say it's just it's pretty incredible. Just the absolute dominance mm-hmm. of the way he played, and you know, like obviously like one of the most dominant players ever, Shaq, just because of his size and, you know, the way he played the game and all of that. And, like, with Giannis being a large, large man, but not, you know, the muscle masses like that. But then, like, the other part of that, too, is, like, everyone can agree that the the biggest flaw to Shaq's game was his shooting and, more importantly, his free throw shooting. Yeah. And... Even though it was a a rare sighting, the free throw shooting from Giannis for the game was just absolutely phenomenal. Seventeen yeah. of nineteen, like, come on. I mean, yeah, even was... if that's just a once mm. once in the season type of thing, I'm pretty sure this is the one game out of the season that you want that to happen, like the one that 100%. counts the most. Hundred percent. Yeah, Giannis played his best game at the best moment of his career. You know, at least for the start of whatever terror he's going to be on for the next who knows how many years. And for him to... It, it's just... I, I love this series. I love this playoffs. And I love Giannis. <laughs> okay? Because... <laughs> you and the Europeans. <laughs> man, I got to think for them. Alright? Um... <laughs> Giannis, you know, 
I've always liked Giannis. I I, I wouldn't say I, ever, I loved him before this playoff run um, because of the obvious flaws of his game, which was his shooting and, like you said, his free throw shooting, too. Um, you know, he's not like Ben Simmons, obviously, where he's not willing no. to shoot. Uh, he will shoot, but that's also a problem in itself because there's times where Giannis – see, like, my biggest – my biggest fear is when Giannis actually makes a three because I'm like, oh, he made a three. Now he's going to want to take like five more. Uh-huh. Giannis, just go in the paint, do your thing, and, and, and dominate the boards. That's You are the best, or at least one of the best at those two things. So do mm-hmm. it. And I really felt like, especially in this last game, that's what he did. He just said, I'm going to just bully ball DeAndre Ayton. And um, I just love seeing that the narrative has totally changed for Giannis from being a regular season MVP but falls short in the playoffs Mm -hmm. every time to now being this is a cornerstone franchise player. And some people, some analysts are putting him out as already the top 20 player of all time. I mean, his resume is great, but, you know, Time will tell if he's for sure in that category, you know. But no doubt, no doubt, he is one of the greatest power forwards ever to play the game, and he's got so much left in the tank that it's honestly kind of scary where he could end up. I mean, we're looking at a player that <clears throat> many people now have him as a top five power forward of all time, which. I, I would I think I would agree with that. I think it's that's not too crazy to say at this point. Two time mm-hmm. MVP championship, you know, defense player of the year, finals MVP. Yeah, um, I mean accolades yeah. for sure. Yeah. And you know, stats obviously gotta continue getting there, but it's that will come with his game. Mm-hmm. But I, I think um we're looking at a player that um I mean, could could not not like he will. I'm not saying that he will, but he could be a top ten player all time if his route if he continues on a path that he's on. But that's like, you know, he would have to really push the envelope. Yeah, you know what I mean, I mean, but, it's important to remember that he's start. twenty twenty six years old at this point. So let's right. just say he plays <clears throat> for another decade. Like, there's a lot of talent that's going to stop start dropping off within the next five-ish years. Yeah. And so, you know, for him, I mean, at that point, he'll be, what, 31, basically, prime of his career yep. overall, you know, considered that prime era of, like, 30-ish years old, usually. And yep. basically, the league is just his oyster at that point of, like, okay, <laughs> Take yep. it, you know. For sure. But yeah, I mean it's it's pretty impressive, you know, just to look at his stats for this game of you know, forty-two minutes played, sixty-four percent from field goal, thirty-three percent from three, it was one of three basically. Um eighty-nine percent from three throw. I mean, as good as anyone in the league. Yeah. Two assists or fourteen rebounds, two assists, five blocks. I mean, come on. In the yeah, moments man. that it matters, <laughs> playing that playing that big man defense. Yep. Uh, 
two fouls, and then six turnovers. So, I mean, not great, but when you, when you put it all together, that's, like, the least important stat yeah, other than the don't, fouls. You don't, you, don't, you don't care about that. Um, yeah. And 50 points. I mean, come on. Yeah. I was, I've been watching some videos on, you know, from different people saying, like, is this the greatest performance ever in a closeout finals game? Which is a pretty specific criteria. I kind of think to myself, I'm like, man, there's like, it's definitely not the best finals game ever played to me personally. I don't think it is. And then to boil it down to like, is this the best finals closeout game? I mean, I, all the time I see in the media, like, they're always trying to put, is this the best something? It's like, can we just, can we just stop, you know, like, can we just stop with this whole thing of, is this the best something? Like, it uh-huh. was an amazing performance, and it's one of the best performances we've seen. But, you know, time will tell. I mean, we're going to, right now, I think everyone's a prison in the moment saying, a lot. I see half the people in the media saying this is, and the other half saying it isn't. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more so, <clears throat> I'm more so it isn't, but that doesn't mean that, like down the road, we're gonna look back at it and think, well, time changed it a little bit too. You know what I mean? When mm-hmm. you really think about the whole grasp of, of it all, like I can't believe Giannis did that. You know, like six months from now, when the season starts again, we're gonna be like, I can't believe Giannis shot the fifty ball in a game six closeout against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and especially if the Suns make it back again next year. Because that's that's just gonna help Giannis's case even more. You know what I mean? Because it's like Suns back to back. So this was like he he dropped a fifty bomb, uh, you know, in Game Six the first time. It, it's just I I don't know. I, I think I think with this with his closeout performance, it's top definitely top five, maybe top three. Um, but anyways, I digress. Uh, <laughs> Were you going to say something, Will? No. Okay. Um, so, I want to ask you this, Fonzo. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and feel free to talk whenever you, whenever you want, you know. Um, yeah. So, who were you going for for the series before the series started, Fonzo? I was going for the Suns. I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, with Chris Paul, you know, him not being able to make it. You know, the Clippers. Yeah. I think that really hurt him. So I thought, you know, they make it finals now with Deep Book and DeAndre Ayton. I, I definitely thought they had a chance. And they won the first two games, but mm-hmm. everyone's talking about how great Giannis did. But I mean, you know, I think the Suns kind of sold. You know, they lost four <laughs> at home, too. I mean, like, Giannis did amazing. Like, no, like, great job. But like, the Suns yeah. didn't play like how they should have. I mean, honestly, you know, yeah, there's good. D book wasn't playing good. It's just like, you know, but you know, great, great job by Giannis, you know, but I was definitely going for the Suns. I wanted Chris Body to win his ring, you know, yeah. Uh, but in all honesty, I mean, I was happy with whoever because, you know, these are my two favorite teams of all time. So, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I was on that same boat. It was the beginning of the series. I wanted, I was rooting for the Suns at first. And then I was also wanting I, – I thought they were going to win. But as the series progressed, I think by, like, game two or three, I kind of changed my mind of who I wanted to win just because I was looking at Giannis. And I just 
it made me I just liked rooting for him a little more. But yeah, no doubt that the Suns are gonna win this series, especially when they were up two oh. I yeah. no one thought they were gonna get lose four straight. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I mean four I straight mean, games, are you kidding me? Yeah, like it's it's always like one of those obvious things of like, oh, they're up two oh, like the series is over, you know. But then for the Bucks to then come back and be like, no, we're going to tie it up 2-2. Then it's like, okay, we got a real series on our hands here. You know, they're fighting for that ring. Like, at that point, it's like the entertainment thing is the entertainment value just, like, kind of went through the roof for me a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like, I kind of actually want to pay a little bit more attention to what's going on. <laughs> like. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely like really impressive to see the Bucks crawl back from being down 2-0. Like, yeah, I mean, it seems like every playoff series outside of the Miami Heat series, they almost had to like pull themselves together to like. I mean, the Nets, we know what happened with that one. That was just a, I mean, that was a street fight. That whole series. I mean, they mm-hmm. were punching, fighting, grabbing for rebounds, just everything you can imagine in that series. It was nuts. Uh, and then even the Hawks, I don't, I don't the, I forget off the top of my head if the Hawks were ever up in the series, but I just know the Hawks gave them enough of a challenge, especially when Giannis went down, that the Bucks yeah. had to pull themselves together. And I mean, it's just, to me, it speaks of two things. One, Veteran leadership, right? You got you have guys that have been there for a few years now, and have been in the playoffs for a few years in a row, and mm-hmm. and and figures out what it takes to to win, and they did that. And the other thing is, and I've been critical of him for a couple of years, but uh, Coach Bud, man, I mean, he's he made key adjustments. Some of it was pretty obvious adjustments, but. At the same time, he did it, you know, and um, he was he was a he coached very well, pretty much their whole playoffs. I mean, a couple times mm-hmm. I felt like he could have done a little better, you know, making adjustments sooner. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, I mean, he won a championship, and now people can't be looking at him like, you know, well, what's the difference between him and Doc Rivers? You know what I mean? Everyone loves Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What's the difference between him and a Tyron Lue? I mean, it's just, I get it. If you like one guy over another guy, I get it. But he's a championship coach, and that's just the way it is now. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna be he's gonna be on that Buck squad for quite a while now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so definitely got a little bit more uh, job security. Oh, well, it was. I mean, honestly, we talk about Giannis being clutch. Which he was, mm-hmm. but Boonehoser had to really be clutch because his job <laughs> was really on the line. I mean, all those Bucks players were safe. I mean, they're most of those guys were safe outside of some role players if they needed to change them out. You know, Boonehoser's like this series, this this playoffs is my last chance of being a head coach for the next five years. I want to be an assistant coach if I don't, you know, win a championship. Mm-hmm. And kudos to him. He. Got the job done, so. Yeah, I don't know if I would go as far as assistant coach. I think there's definitely a few spots that would have been 
opened for him as the head coach if he would have been booted, but yeah, this, I mean, definite, hey, but... this definitely secured his <laughs> position in the Bucks organization. Now, one yeah. thing this makes me think of uh, last week when we were talking about like uh, what winning the championship would mean to either team, but more specifically like Chris Paul or uh, Giannis. And I think that would be a good question to ask Alphonse. Yeah, for sure. So Alfonso, what do you think of that? What what would the ring more uh, mean more to uh, Giannis or Chris Paul? Yeah. I mean, obviously we know the outcome now, but right, yeah. right. I, well, if you were last week in either way, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely would have said Chris Paul. Um, he's been in the league longer. I think he's just had more of like a journey, like trying to get there, you know, and then when he's finally there, he's up 2-0, you know, and then they, they lose four straight and they sell. But, you know, I think with Giannis, you know, it means a lot because, like I said, people are still putting him in, like, the top five power forwards of all time now that he has a chip. And we all, we've always known that Giannis is, like, a really good player. You know, obviously he's been in some people's top fives, even top three sometimes when he's at MVP level. But I, I definitely think it meant more for Chris Paul if he would have won this because he would have, like, secured his spot. It, you know, in the top ten point guards of all time, maybe even top five just if he got the chip. You know yeah. what I mean? So I definitely think. Chris Paul would have meant more Mm -hmm. for sure. So looking at it now with him losing, where do you think that like has an impact for Chris Uh, Paul? Does it impact his career or does it not? No, I, I definitely think it does to a certain degree. I don't think it impacts him as like he's going down and like, you know, he's not as good as he is or something like that. I just think that, you know, he wasn't playing as good as he did in the first two games, obviously. Mm-hmm. In the third, I think in the third and fourth game, him and Booker shot like freaking, I don't know, <laughs> really bad. That's all I know. I don't know if it was, <laughs> but they shot really bad. And, you know, that's their fault. But, you know, I think, I think Chris Paul will be back. You know, he's always, he always puts up a good fight every year, you know, even bringing the OKC Thunder into the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, Go. So I, I definitely think he's a fighter. I definitely think he's going to come back uh, next season with Booker, make a run for it. I don't think they're going to get to the finals. How about the Lakers, though? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're going to make the finals. That's for sure. They're not going to make the finals. And, hmm. you know, like I said, you know, if it was a year for them to win it, like any year, this this had to be the year. Because Lakers are coming back. You know, Clippers are coming back. Maybe even the Warriors, if they make a good push. You know, all these teams are going to be coming back from injuries and all that. And I just don't see them making it to the finals again, like straight up. Mm-hmm. Unless to me, to me, it gives, go ahead. No, 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 that's what I was going to say. Yeah. To me, it gives me like the same feeling as uh, last year, like with the heat of like, you go on this absolutely phenomenal tear, like you claw your way to the finals and then you just, choke <laughs> and then and then the year after that there's all this expectations and then you just choke again <laughs> first round I'll, I'll say this though in defense of miami heat real quick just to chime in because that was um is that it did not help at all that goran Dragic and bam Adebayo were pretty much out in the first two games of that series for sure I mean, but that ruined the, the play i mean they were i don't think they're going to win no matter what personally i mean yeah I think it for was sure. lakers in six no matter what but 
I kind of figured, like, if Bam and Dragic were healthy, though, I mean, yeah, that's a different fight, but. Like, for sure, injuries always play a part in the way series swing one way or the other. But, I mean, I'm more so talking about, like, with the Suns next year, it's just, like, I get that same eerie feeling that it's like, oh, you guys are just going to be a disappointment next year. Which, you know, more than likely, I could be wrong. But at the same time, it's like, here we are. Like, you got to make some sort of a prediction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if in disappointment to me, it would be disappointing if they got bounced out in the in the first round, mm-hmm. like Miami Heat did this year. But if they go past the first round and make it to even like the Western Conference Finals and they lose this coming year, I feel like okay, they may not have made it to the finals again, but they're definitely no joke. You know what I mean? That's like that's my thinking of it. Is like they're not a joke of a team where it's like. Because I think the Miami Heat was more of like last year, fifth seed. You're kind of like, okay, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? They put up a good fight this year. They have some injuries still, but you know, they're not—they're not championship material. I, I, no. I personally, to me, I got—I got—I—I do think that the Phoenix Suns are a championship level team. I just think that you know they definitely had a lot of breaks though, and. I'm not saying they're going to get those breaks. If they don't get any of those breaks next year, I mean, I could very well be wrong. They might get bounced out early, but I still think that they're a tough, tough team. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're not going to go down easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing at this point is, like, obviously it's a very, very early prediction for next year. And the sure. biggest, like – what if at this point is the off-season trades that are going to happen for mm. a bunch of teams around the league? Yeah. And, you know, once the dust settles and we get to preseason and then finally to once the season starts, I think it's a little bit safer to start making predictions. For sure. But. For sure. Like. Obviously, the Suns bench was good enough to get them this far to the finals, but like, I just look at their roster and I'm like, you kind of need to do a little bit more. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams that have better depth that for injury's sake or just poor performance this year that it's like, man, you should have made it a lot further than you did, Mm. you know, based off of like a, a couple of different things that it's like, I really don't think that the Suns are going to be a very high ranking team next year. I could be wrong, but that's just my gut feeling looking at like the performance that they did in the finals and just looking at their roster and all these different things. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm more skeptical than like, positive about like okay they're gonna make another run at it the, the biggest factor for them i think is the is the continued development of of devin booker and deandre ayton together if those two guys can become like a top tier duo in the league mm-hmm. then i think like by next year i mean like they're already a good duo everyone sees that but i'm talking about like up up in the up in the 
up with like why and Paul George, up with Stephen Curry and and Clay Thompson, up with up uh, uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron, you know um, Jamal Murray and Jokic. Like if they can enter into that top five duos, then 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 they're definitely going to be dangerous. But that that's going to be the biggest thing for them. Can can those two guys take it even a step further? And it, it's really more so DeAndre Ayton, right? Like Devin Booker, we know is already like a great player. It's it's is DeAndre Ayton like a great big though? Like he's good, maybe even top five, but he's mm-hmm. like. Is he is he up there with Jokic and Embiid? You know what I'm saying? Is he up there with Anthony Davis and, and Giannis? Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see. But um, I think isn't CP3 a f- uh, free agent this coming year, or is it the year after? I think it's I this think coming year. Op- I think he can have an opt. I think he can opt out. That's the thing is that he's on like a one and one. I think or. Um, so he can opt out this year or opt in. So if he opts out, mm-hmm. um, he can go to whoever he wants. But if he opts in, he gets like thirty million dollars. So it's like, it's like, does he want the money and stay with this team, or does he want to go and get more of a for sure championship with like the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, if I was him, <laughs> the answer is pretty obvious and just go sign with the Lakers. <laughs> but. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) You got a lot better chance of winning a chip next year with the Lakers than you do the Suns. How about the Warriors just sign him as a backup six man? (laughs) Let's just let's just can we we just Uh, can the Warriors sign him as six man? We need a backup guard. (laughs) Chris, how do you feel about playing like Sean Livingston? (laughs) Oh, that'd be good. Uh, Quick question. No, what are you saying on that? Go ahead. Um, you know, we keep talking about the Suns and how they're going to make a comeback. Do you guys think the Bucks are going to be back in the finals next year? Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll just start off that, with that one, Will. You go first. Yeah. It's a very good question. I think, again... Too early? Y- yeah, it's just a too early prediction of, like, there's a lot, I think, that's going to happen this offseason with trades. Like, obviously, like, some of the big rumors are, like, with Dame or what the Clippers are going to do and a few other, you know, really star players. But I think it's just a matter of waiting to see, like, who can develop, you know, the best bench. Because I think there's some clear-cut, like, favorites overall, like Lakers, obviously. Uh Nets. Like, just look, yeah. I was just going to try and list off the West first. Like, Lakers, I think, obviously. Uh, Denver is definitely a tough team to beat. Uh, Clippers. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, somewhat biased, but I think Golden State definitely has a very, very good opportunity to be at least top four in the West. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and I think, like, a big what-if is, like, what's going to happen with Portland. Like, there's the back and forth of everyone saying, like, oh, Dame's going to leave. But then a lot of people in Portland, Portland are like, no, he's staying. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. what's going to happen there? And, you know, the Jazz were the number one seed. I don't know if they can do that again. 
They're still good regular season Yeah, I don't know if they can do the number one again, but I would be shocked if they placed any lower than five, like, yeah, for sure. But then, yeah, going to the East, obviously Brooklyn Nets are one of the, the tougher teams to, to beat. Um, yeah, just with, with, with the top-heavy stars that they have on there. Um, and then, like, it'll be interesting to see if Philadelphia is willing to move on from Ben Simmons or try and shift things around a little bit. Or if they, if they I don't know. Ben Simmons, they're one of the championship. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I would think that their chances would probably go up if they trade for a good guard. Um, yeah. Then you know, Celtics, tough team to to beat there. We saw the Hawks, you know, make a pretty good push this year. If they can make like a couple moves, I think they're definitely there. Um, but yeah, with the Bucks, it's another same kind of thing of like I'll be shocked if they're not top four, just because yeah. of like the performance that they've had the past couple years. Um, if if you're just asking the question if they can win it again. I would have to, at the most, say maybe. For sure. Um, I, I mean, I'm not gonna say that the Bucks are gonna make it back again, but I'm, I'm definitely. They're my, they're my, they're my second favorite in the East, behind the Nets. Uh, the Nets, I just kind of feel like, they just have so much star talent. It's kind of. It's kind of crazy. I mean, they have three of the top, you know, seven or eight scorers in the league on one team. <laughs> you know what three, I mean? Three of the top ten players in the league. I mean. Yes, I know. For real. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, they have a ridiculously great team. And people talk about, well, they don't have great depth. They don't have great. But that didn't really matter. What happened was that this year they had injuries. Yeah, and if Kyrie was healthy and not a diva, and not a diva, but if but if James Harden was healthy Uh and Kyrie was out, they would have. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, they would have beaten the Bucks. Yeah, you know, they. I just Harden had two terrible games out there while he was playing, and it it obviously didn't help. And Kevin Durant played like Kevin Durant. Yeah, and. They almost won that series, pushing them to seven. And I just, I think the Bucks, as great as Giannis is, you know, as great as he is, I just don't think Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are consistent enough in the playoffs mm-hmm. to, to be your wingmen when you need them the most. Now they obviously showed up in big games, but if you if you're if you're handling that big three in a seven game series and they're fully healthy. You need both Milton and Drew to uh-huh. play lights out every game. If you do not every you game, lose, you will lose. And even then, if they play lights out, there's a chance they still might lose. I mean that that's 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 just the way it is, you know. And that's how good this Nets team is with with offense. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, and I mean, um, like yeah. obviously. Both of those players, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, went on like a pretty impressive tear. Yeah, this I, I, this playoff play. run, Good. Chris Middleton was playing like 
Kobe out there, and then Drew Holiday was just clamping people up left and right. Like, yeah. you gotta give you gotta give some credit to them for this, you know, playoffs run. Oh, but sure. it's always it's always just the question of like, do it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I got I got the you know the Bucks, but I will say this though, is that I and this may seem like a hot take. We'll see, obviously, what happens from here on till the beginning of the season, uh, and the acquisitions that happen. Mm-hmm. But um, if I were to take roster to roster between both the Bucks and the Lakers, I like the Bucks more than the Lakers. That's that's my personal opinion. I know that's like a hot thing to say, but I I, per, I just do. I, I I like the Bucks a little more than the Lakers overall as a team. I mean, star yeah. talent, star talent. I like. I mean, it's hard not to like LeBron and Anthony Davis. You know, overall. Um, yeah, I'm. But they, I'm not too far behind you, but that's just like makes yeah, me think. A lot of things are going to change. Obviously, a lot of things are going to happen. So it's just. If they acquire Chris Paul and make some good roster additions, okay, you know, so be it. You know what I mean? I mean, if they if they acquire any decent uh, point guard, like if they can if they can acquire any uh, all star level or just around all star level point guard, like yeah, I I think they can make a pretty good push. But then again, there is the big question of like. Can they stay healthy this next year? Like, obviously, Anthony Davis went down as he has done, as he has done for most of his career. And then the big anomaly of LeBron getting injured, you know, for the first time in his career of taking a downward turn from getting injured and not coming back a better or at least as good of a player as he was before, you know? So is that going to be a trend for him or is it going to just be like, nope, it's still LeBron. Yeah. Well, now I want to transition to a question real quick for both of you guys. Okay. And it's, it's a, this isn't like a top 10 right now because I don't want to do that question yet. I want to give us more time until, you know, we think about it more. But where do you rank Giannis in the league right now as a player? And I'll, I'll start with Fonzo. Is everyone healthy in this list? Uh, I'm gonna, if I if I'm you, I'm I'm factoring in everything, so health would be included. I mean, just based off of this last year, I would say. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can you can put in Anthony Davis. That's fine, but you have to factor in health as well as in like, right, you right. Know. So it's just you know Jamal Murray. I mean, I'm not gonna do a top ten. Obviously, I'm just saying like for Giannis specifically. Okay, where would you have him? Um, he's definitely top three in my opinion, especially right now. Um, okay. I can't d- decide if he's. You know, I can't decide what place he's at just because, you know, you have LeBron, you have KD, you have Steph, you have Jokic, you just won the MVP and all that. So you have all these factors, that think, but he's definitely in my top three. Right. Um, if I if I were to be really precise, I'd probably put him 
second. Second. From second. Second. Okay. Okay. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I like that. Okay. Will? I mean, without question, at least top four. Like, without question. I think I've learned my lesson from years past to not count out LeBron. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. But then again, like, there is a lot that's happening that hasn't happened before for him of, like, bro, you're getting kind of old and you've had these injuries. Like, are you going to come back the same? So I think, I mean, for me, based off of this last year, and then even if you're basing it off of just, like, consistency for the past couple years, like, obviously there were injuries, but... I think you have to put KD number one based off of this last year. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's pretty hard to not, for me at least, to not put Steph at number two. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think there's just a lot of hate for, you know, the team, the Warriors overall, of like what they did the past couple of years of just, dominating the league of like okay now it's time for other teams to be good um but i mean if you're just looking at like who he was for the past couple years obviously you know last year he was injured and out for the majority of the year but then this year you know to come back and make that just absolutely ridiculous tear in the second half of the season to absolutely just dominate and to come in win a scoring title at his age i mean what he's 32 33 i think yeah uh let's see he is 33 so i mean to win a scoring title at that age which it's not like i'm not saying he's old old but you know he's getting up there i mean he's getting there yeah I mean, he's at the tail end of his prime, I would say, for that. Yeah. But then, age-wise, but then he just comes out here and shows, like, nope, <laughs> I'm still, you know, one of the best players in the league and also to ever do it, you know. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard for me just not to put him in the number two spot. I mean, to average 32 points throughout the year is just such an impressive thing. Even even losing, you know, in the stupid play-in to, to get into the playoffs, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's just kind of like a coin flip for me between LeBron and Giannis at that point. Okay. Okay. I, um, I like both of you guys' lists. Um, I... I've been thinking about it a lot, praying about it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, I asking for forgiveness, of course. <laughs> of course, of course, I must. Um, yeah, I I got Jan a second uh, for me. Um, it was a lot of thinking between mainly Steph and, and Stephen Curry and and Giannis. Um, and it, it's it's I'm. As time has kind of gone on, I'm I'm starting to become more of a a tier person. 
instead of like a personal ranking. Just mm-hmm. because I just think with tears, you know, when you when you put a rank on someone, I feel like that's a way to say, well, this person is better than that mm-hmm. person, right? But with a tier, I kind of feel like, well, this person can be better at certain things, but this person's better at other things. And to me, they're equal. And I kind of feel like, if I were to just do a personal ranking, I'll probably put you on a second. But if I'm going to do a tier ranking, they're both in the same tier. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I just, I think that we know Curry. We, we know what he does. His gravity on the court is 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 probably the best ever. Uh, he pulls guys out 10, 15 feet more than he should. And he is a great leader. He is a phenomenal scorer. And he impacts the team. He's probably the most, in some ways, I mean, he's definitely one of the most impactful players in the whole league just for what he does. I mean, without, if he wasn't playing, I mean, this year, I mean, they would have been just as bad as they were last year for the most part. For sure. Yeah. I mean, they would have been the Warriors. The Warriors of last year, which were the worst team in the league, and they would have gotten another one of, one of the worst teams. Pretty much of all time. <laughs> they were so bad. And uh, it just goes to show Curry's that great. And when he was off the court, he just showed how good he was. But to Giannis's point, um, his like kind of goes back to this whole thing where we always look at what he can't do. He can't shoot. He can't shoot. He can't shoot the three. He can barely shoot the mid-range. And he can't shoot free throws. And I'm, I'm like... Okay, I agree with those things. He can't do either three of those things pretty much. <laughs> but he can do literally everything else better than almost everyone else outside of a couple other people, right? I mean, you look at his driving, probably the best finisher and driver in the league. I mean, nobody can mm-hmm. stop going to the rim. He's got – he's not the best passer, obviously, but he's a good passer for his size. I mean, he's as good as you get for a man at 6'11". That doesn't play yeah. the point guard position. And to me, this is where I, I this is why I put him above Curry. His defense. His defense. And it's not to say Curry's a bad defender. I think he's a decent defender. I, actually I think he's a pretty good defender because he's got good hands and he's quick. But I, I don't think he's great. Giannis is to me the best defender in the league. He can and I, I I'll, let me just say this. <laughs> let me just say this so quick. And there's different reasonings, you know. Some guys are better at this. Some guys are better at that. I think if you take the overall effect of his defense, he... I mean, man. His, some of his best highlights in the finals were defensive plays. Five blocks in the finals game. Five blocks in the finals game. I mean, he had one of the best blocks ever in a finals in the finals game with the block on DeAndre Ayton. He had a couple of uh, chase down blocks. Um, I mean, I don't even know what to say about this guy, man. I mean, this guy's defense is outstanding. It's it's incredible what he does, and to me, I got him a number two. So okay, that that's my that's my opinion, and uh, I'm sticking to it. And um, so, yeah, there's there's that. So, um, anything else you guys want to say? 
that's pretty good. Okay. I mean, like some about? some of the things of like towards what you're saying of defense, I think that played like a pretty heavy role within game six, or at least like the bit that I saw, you know, the last half ish. Um, I mean, the Bucks were just absolutely controlling the game through defense. Clamps, clamps, <laughs> just clamps. But like the Suns were trying to control the pace, play like a high pace, and mm. they just couldn't get it done because the Bucks were just willing to be like, "Okay, we'll play physical, and we're not gonna." play physical in a way that it's like we're going to foul you. We're just going to play physical that like we're going to give you a little bump and we're going to see if you can finish through it. And they just couldn't time after time get down there. And it just shows again like with Booker and with Chris Paul of like trying to get calls through complaining with to the refs and all of that. And it's just yeah, that ain't it. <laughs> like it's the it's the finals, it's, man. It's funny because, like, I do yeah. want to say that same thing. I'm like, it's the finals. You just got to play tough defense. But then again, there were several calls that were just, like, absolutely yeah. stupid. Like, yeah, there was yeah, – I think it was sure. in the fourth the fourth quarter. Uh, I think it was Bobby Portis got a foul called on him, like a reach-in foul. And then he just, like, high steps down the oh, court, yeah. like, away from that. And they called a tech on it. And it's like, what in the world? <laughs> like, it's yeah, game six of the finals, and he's yeah. walking away like yeah, he's, he's being but who cares? he's being a he's being a fool. But it's at home, and it's just like, come on, he's not getting in the face of either of you guys, like trying to start a fight, you know, between the ref and I think it was Chris Paul who it was either Chris Paul or Devin Booker who he found. And it's like, I think it was Devin Booker. But, like, you call a tech on that? Like, so dumb. And then immediately after that, they had Chris Paul shoot the tech, and he misses. And Uh (laughs) uh, I forget who was commentating. Was it Mark Mark Jackson? I think it was Mark Jackson where he was like, uh, ball don't lie. Uh, ball don't lie. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just dying with that. <laughs> That's right. Ball don't lie. Like that was just absolutely weak. It was weak, man. It was a weak call. It was. And, and when you look at the foul too, I believe when I watched that foul, he got ball. I mean, it wasn't like he got like arm and then ball. It was like, for the, it was a clean play. And he gets called right. for it. And I'm just like, uh, it's just, I don't know. It was pretty, like, pretty bad. I am less mad about, like, making the wrong foul call as opposed to, like, he's walking away. Like, yes, he's being a fool or whatever. Yeah, but, sure. like, he's trying to blow off steam in a way that, like, doesn't cause a fight. <laughs> yeah. Or let... He's trying to blow off steam so he doesn't want to start a fight or whatever, right? Because he understands that, like, this is game six. I need to play minutes. Like, we're a couple minutes away from the fight. From, excuse me, from uh, winning the game here. Yeah. And it's sure. just weak. It was weak, man. Um, all right. Um, 
you find you, you, want, you have anything else to say? No, no, no. You guys basically covered everything. Some of the calls were weak, but uh, yeah. I took the words right out of Fonz's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I want to transition to another topic. And, Will, you've been telling me a little bit about it. uh, But you had a theory. The secret formula. The secret, the Krabby Patty formula. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Krabby's formula on on winning, or not winning, but you, you, you said on championship teams, correct? Yeah, so I have a theory of not necessarily like the only way to win a championship. I can't but wait to hear this. <laughs> if we're talking talking the modern era, this has been like pretty predominantly the kind of formula that's been followed of championship teams. Uh-huh. So basically, like the easiest way to start is in uh, 1980. And starting with the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm -hmm. So basically, my whole thing is, is that the most important thing that a franchise can do is draft a star guard, right? And then after that, either a power forward or a center, either traded for or if you want to draft them whatever but a lot of these teams have traded for usually a center or a power forward that then combines with this star guard that they have drafted so starting with the lakers obviously in 1980 you have the duo of magic johnson and kareem abdul jabbar now It's kind of a back and forth thing between the 80s, and this is kind of like a pretty consistent theme throughout like the whole bit of like you have teams back and forth with stuff. But like for the most part, I mean, the Lakers won five championships in the 80s. So the majority of the champ or at least (laughs) half of the championships, you know, within the 80s for that decade. And then you have the Celtics. We're right behind them. And then in 1989, we see another team that is the champions that follow this same pattern of drafting a star guard in Isaiah Thomas. Mm -hmm. And then they have, I mean, they drafted again with uh, Lambeer. And then they also had Rodman, obviously following that. So they drafted both of those guys, right? But it's the same pattern of the guard being the most important position there to draft and then you pair them with a big man. So then, you know, they go back to back 1998, 1990. And then again, we see a star guard in 1991 in Michael Jordan, who is paired up with a big man mm-hmm. of you can either pick your poison of Cartwright or Horace, uh, uh, Horace Grant. Grant, right, going along with him. And obviously, you know, Pippen too, but he was more of a small forward, right, yeah. throughout his career. So 
you know, you have those two big men there that come in that play alongside with him. Then, you know, obviously they win the three-peat, right? That's the first three years of uh, the 90s. Then you have the Rockets, who are basically the second team throughout since 1980 that aren't following that formula. Or excuse me, the third team, because Philadelphia won in uh, 1983. Right. But basically the third team that didn't draft a star guard... And, I mean, if we're going to be honest, the only reason they won those two years was because Michael Jordan was out, so. Yeah, but, but <laughs> we'll say this, though, is that they did have Clyde Drexler, who, they, was, a, who was a guard. He was a shooting guard. Now, he wasn't they, Clyde he was before, but he was still good. Yeah, for sure he was still good. But, I mean, if we're talking of just, like, who the stars were on that team, obviously yeah, it's Kareem. Is- or Hakeem, excuse me, yeah, was the star player on that team. So, yeah. Then after the '94 '95 Rockets, we get back to Jordan again. Yeah, and Michael Jordan, star guard that was drafted, was then paired up with dun, 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 uh, our man uh, Rodman, who was on. The 89 and 90 Pistons, right? Was that same thing of a star guard being drafted alongside, uh, yeah. you know, the big man there later on. Right, right, right. So they three-peat again. And then we have our fourth team that doesn't follow the pattern there of drafting a guard and then pairing them with a big man. And... You know, the San Antonio Spurs were, I mean, basically the biggest hole in this whole thing because going on to win five championships, you know. Yeah. I mean, if if they didn't win all those championships, I think I took count. It was like 26 teams followed this this pattern of drafting a star caliber guard and then pairing them with a big man. It was like 26 to... Like 16, basically, I think, since 1980. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you have the, the San Antonio Spurs winning in 99. Yeah. And then, obviously, next up, we have one of the greatest of all time in Kobe Bryant, albeit a somewhat young Kobe Bryant, but it is right. what it is. <laughs> and then you have the guard or the big man that was paired along with the guard in Shaquille O'Neal. So that same pattern of the team drafting a star guard, letting him develop for a couple years. And then, okay, let's get a big man in here to help. And then, you know, obviously the bench benches matter too, but it's that same formula of like, okay, let's have one star guard and one star big man to go with him. Yeah. I'll I'll say this real quick. Um, I think it's interesting because I do agree that what what has won since the modern era of basketball since pretty much 1980 uh, or so um, that you need to have a guard and a big. I mean, those two things. Even if, but you know, even if 
Um, like, technically, you can argue that the Spurs kind of follow the same pattern because they have Ginobili, right? Like, yeah, early Parker on. Too, and Parker a little bit later. But, like, Ginobili being there for, like, the latter four yeah. rings for the Spurs of, like, okay, following that same pattern of, you know, having a guard, even though Tim Duncan came first. Yeah. But it's I just that... that- that's a that same pattern. Yeah. I think that's a very traditional way to win is you have a guard and a big. And that's yeah. how that's how you win championships. But I think like you're saying, there's like those other teams that have won it without having one of those two. And like mm-hmm. I think like I look at even the Bulls because the Bulls in the nineties, like the first three Pete. I think Horace Grant played a big, you know, a good part scoring wise, and for sure. And, and Dennis Rodman played a good part defensively in the second part. He wasn't a scorer, mm-hmm. obviously. Obviously, I mean, obviously. You, you, you I mean twenty. Uh, I mean, if you're going out there and getting averaging like 16, 17 rebounds every for the season, yeah. like you can play less offense. <laughs> like, right. But I, I think, like, I think, I think to think about for uh, it's the dog gonna, again. Oh no! Again. Yeah. again, this is just going to be one of those things that happens every time. I guess so. As he's telling us to stop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, like with Jordan's Bulls, for instance, what made them so unique was that they didn't have a dominant big man. That was Michael Jordan. <laughs> well, well, yes. It, it, but it was is that they had, instead of having a big a guard and, uh, and a wing, uh, they had a guard and a wing. Um, mm-hmm. That was, and I think that was kind of what made them different than, than a lot of other championship teams because they kind of proved to everyone, especially during that era, because everything before that, like you're saying, is 100% true for the most part, that you need a guard and a big to win, especially a big. I mean, everyone was yeah. saying, like, you, need a a center. you need a you need a center or a, you know just a dominant big to win. And Jordan and Pippen kind of broke that mold. Now, they still had, obviously, like you said, Horace Grant and Dennis Rodman during that time, and Bill Cartwright mm-hmm. and and Ku Coach was kind of a big, I guess. He was like a smaller big, but he was, I think he played power forward. But, you know, they had good players that play in those roles, but they weren't stars. They were, like, I mean, they were in a sense. I mean, Dennis Rodman was a all-star, and I think Horace Grant was an all-star too. But would would you really consider them, like, on the same level or even close to the same level as Jordan and Pippen? No. I mean, you know what I mean? They're, they're a lot lower level. And I think with Jordan and Pippen, they proved to everyone that, yeah, you have two elite wings or a garden wing, mm-hmm. you can also win a championship that way. You know? Yeah. And I mean, like, you can kind of make the argument, like, with the Celtics, too, back in the day. Like, obviously, Bird was the heavier, heavier star, but you had uh, Danny Ainge. And you like, Mikhail uh, was a. A forward, but like yeah. if you're just talking about like, oh, like okay, you down. have a guard and you know a power forward ish player, uh huh. Um, you know, it's that same kind of formula that's followed of the guard being kind of 
kind of the most important position in the modern era of like, okay, we need to get this piece first and then, yeah. you know, the other piece behind that. Well, that's why you see even in today's NBA, I mean, the best teams in the league have a good guard, if not mm-hmm. an elite guard. I mean, every – I mean, I, I think that's a good way to look at it too is like look at every playoff team that was, that was, in, this, in, that was in here – this year's playoffs. I mean, you got, you know, the Suns, got Devin Booker and Chris Paul, so two good mm-hmm. guards. You got, you know, you got Jazz, who had Donovan Mitchell, who's a great guard, you know, um, with a, other good players, obviously. You have LeBron James, who's not really a guard, but he can play guard. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he's, <laughs> he's played point guard the past couple of years, so he can play guard. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, you know, but even look at like uh, Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant, right? yeah, and Vucevic, uh, and Vucevic. I mean, that's a smaller version, but they they they're good. Yeah. Um, in the East, I mean, trade. I mean, it's just every position. I mean, every team outside of even like the only team I would say that doesn't have a great guard would be the Knicks, but the Knicks have at least Derrick Rose, who's pretty decent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and Barrett's more of a wing, but he's, you know, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's a kind of... I like Barrett a lot. Yeah, he's a guard forward. He, he's better than Zion. <laughs> oh, hot, hot take here. I was waiting for Fonzo to pipe in real quick. Oh, wow. Wait, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, but... Uh, sorry, I don't want to say my ridiculous take until after you say your thing. <laughs> uh, but anyways that was the first 20 years from 1980 you know you have the Lakers being the big yeah. force in the in the 80s and then you have the Bulls being the big force in the 90s obviously then you get to the early 2000s Lakers and you have the back and forth between them and the Spurs basically yeah. you know there are a couple other teams that were dotted throughout but I mean, five chips for the Lakers and five chips for the Spurs. But so early 2000s Lakers, 2000 to 2002, the three-peat. Then you got the Spurs again. Then you have like the first real kind of outlier, like yeah, in uh, the Detroit Pistons, the 04. The 04 Pistons. They're such an outlier of a team. Uh, That team uh, makes zero sense. Oh, yeah, I mean, in all of history, they make <laughs> they make the least amount of sense. But I mean, they got out there and won that chip. So, so yeah, you have the Pistons, then back to the Spurs again, and then you have another team that was following the same formula in two thousand five, two thousand six uh, season in yeah. the Miami Heat. Yep, you got Dwayne Wade was the star guard that was drafted. Yep. And then, I mean, it, it's the end of his career. Or not the end of his career, but it's the, the older. Yeah. yeah, the end of his prime Shaq. And, I mean, it's that same formula of drafting the guard usually and then trading for a big man to to come and play alongside him. Yeah. Um, so you have the Heat, then you have the Spurs, and then you have the other 
kind of outlier in the uh, the whole list here in the 2008 uh, Boston Celtics. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, it's. I mean, uh, I, I think I think it works because I think you got to look at Rajon Rondo and Ray Allen, and with Kevin Garnett. See, I'm talking oh, about more so like uh, drafting, drafting oh, your star. Yeah, I mean, Maybe I suppose elite. you can. He wasn't elite, I guess, but he was a pivotal part of that championship. For sure. I mean, if that was definitely the same kind of thing of like the the 2004 uh, Pistons of where it's so very much a team effort for right. the uh, the championship there. Like, there wasn't, like, one very standout star. Like, obviously, Garnett, you know, an incredible player. But, like, there wasn't a star, star player, I don't think that you can say, compared to, like, the other teams, at least. Yeah. On the list. Then we get back to the Lakers in 2009. So, obviously, Kobe was still there. But he was... Obviously, not paired up with Shaquille O'Neal anymore, but he was paired up with Pow. Pow Gasol. Yep. Er, yeah. Yeah. Two thousand was two thousand nine. Was uh, yeah, it was Pow. Yeah. Played forward and center. Um. So yeah, you have two thousand nine, two thousand ten. They go back to back again. Same thing. Kobe, Powell, you got that star guard, and then you got that big man that was uh, came in later on. And then you yeah. have the third outlier for this year. Uh, you have the 2011 Dallas Mavericks. Yep. I mean, I don't even know what to say about them other than Nowitzki. Well, they had an elite big, but, um, yeah, they, they didn't they, – I mean, I, you could say this. I mean, he wasn't drafted, but, you know, but Jason Terry Jason, was. Yeah. And Jason Kidd, too, were pretty good. Jason, too. yeah. I mean, it's the outlier in the sense of they don't follow the draft, the guard, and then get the big man in there. They pulled a switcheroo of they drafted <laughs> the big man, and then they got the, uh, the guard later. Yeah. And then that. That brings us to the 2012, or yeah, 2012 Miami Heat, and that brings us back to Dwayne Wade, mm. and and then you can make, uh, I mean, you could just say Chris Bosh, but I mean, we all know who the second star was on there, it's LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron James. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, at six nine, he's kind of. Uh, Kind of a power forward in the way he played, but no. Yeah, he's pretty good too. <laughs> I mean, LeBron can play anywhere on the floor he wants, and I'd be like, okay. Yeah. I mean, if he wants to, if he says he's playing center, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> he's a center. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, same thing. Back to back years, you got the the guard in uh, Dwayne Wade, and then you got Chris Bosh there. And then 2014, you got the Spurs again. I mean, this time you can kind of say that they follow the same same pattern there because you got Kawhi. <laughs> I mean, I've, yeah. I mean he's a he's a uh, small forward, but 
if you want to if you want to make a concession there, you know they drafted him, smaller guy. Uh, hey, I don't know, he's a wing. <laughs> well, he, he ain't no guard dog. He a, he a wing. And then you get to the to the best team of all time, Golden State. You know, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> Golden State. You know, uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, all that good stuff. Yeah. And then you get to Cleveland Cavaliers drafting Kyrie Irving, following that same pattern of drafting that guard and then having that big man in LeBron James. <laughs> Even though he was drafted there too, I'm not counting it because he came back. Okay. Well, Kevin Love. Or Kevin Love, you can make that. Yeah, you can go with that too. Okay, Love, baby. Don't forget about Kevin Love, man. Kevin Love was. People, you know, crap on Kevin Love for not being great after Timberwolves. I mean, he's a still a great, you know, still a very good player. I mean, at that time, at least, you know, still give you buckets. For sure. You know what I mean? It wasn't the Timberwolves, Caleb, but no, wasn't that wasn't that Caleb that was out there getting uh, twenty and twenty double doubles? Yeah, for reals. For yeah. Reals. But then uh, twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen, you have the Golden State Warriors following my magical formula of having a star guard and Stephen Curry and having a uh, big man come in and join him. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with it. Having a lesser, a lesser big man, the guard come in. Uh-huh. Kinda. Uh-huh. I mean, he kind of, he kind of, he kind of came in and stole the thunder and won both of the the finals MVPs. But what, 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 what are you, you gonna do? No, I was just saying, uh, keep talking, Will. Yeah. <laughs> always. I'll run. I'll run my mouth until I dig myself out of that hole. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I am listening to this whole. Uh, uh, and that, you know, back to back years, 2017, 2018, following that that pattern. Then we get to the Raptors, the old Raptors in 2019. Uh-huh. You got, I mean, they kind of follow that same uh, that same formula. They go they go ahead and get Kyle Lowry and then uh, Kawhi Leonard coming in later. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, it's a it's a stretch, but well, I mean, I'm gonna be honest, man. You're digging yourself a hole deeper and deeper on this one. I was. I mean, what did you expect? Uh, A well thought out theory. You told you told me to take the mic, and I've been running my mouth for the past twenty minutes just talking about about the last forty championship teams. (laughs) I didn't think you were gonna go this whole time. Honestly, I thought you were gonna stop after eighty five or something. No. Well, when I go in, I go in. Oh man. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not gonna let you finish the last two years. All right. <laughs> I mean, the Lakers kind of followed. <laughs> all right. Well, you're done. You're done. Uh, I'll say this. on your theory. Okay. I I do agree with you that, um, you know, it for the most part over the past forty years, it has taken it has. A guard, an elite guard, and, a, and an elite big to win championships. And there's a few teams within that 40 years that didn't follow that same motto. You know, you can mm-hmm. look at, like you said, like you can look at, I, I mean, either you can look at the Bulls, right? They were the first team to really do that whole, 
you don't need a big kind of but still kind of following that same well i I want to be honest it it, they did not have an elite big at that time they had two they had an elite guard and an elite wing and and, and i mean kind of a guard i mean kind of a wing i mean himself so they like Horace Grant, I mean, you forget that the Orlando, he led the Orlando Magic in 95 against the Rockets. Like, I'm pretty sure they also had Shaq. <laughs> I mean, at that point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had Shaq and Penny. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be 100% honest with you, Will. I'm... <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but... There's no way you're no way you're debating this right now. <laughs> okay, listen, listen. But I'll say this too, though. You look at um, you get the nineties Bulls. You got, I think the Spurs. I mean, it depends on how you view Ginobili and uh-huh. Parker later. I mean, they're Hall of Famers, so they should be considered elite. But um. I mean, I guess I'll put them in a lead, so I guess they would follow your theory because but your theory is draft a guard. I think And then get a big man. And then get a big man. I think that the the theory works more if it's if it's just if you have both instead of having to draft one, get the other, vice versa. I think if you just have both, however you get it, that that thing that, that works better. The Pistons we know is just an anomaly, no matter what. You can look at it any way you want. That is an anomaly of a team. They had uh-huh. two thousand four. Yeah, two thousand four Pistons. I mean, they solid team. They just they it was an era, especially that team because they were an era in an era where it was bully ball, it was football, basketball, and they could get away, and you know with with just beating you beating you to mm-hmm. a pulp down low and that was just the way they played. They, you know, they had good players. Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace, Tayshawn Prince, um, <clears throat> uh, Rip Hamilton, obviously, a couple other guys too. But um, And I mean, when you look at who they beat in the finals in the Lakers too, like yeah. that makes it, that makes it an even bigger anomaly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that, and that, and they, and that, that Lakers team, was like a super super team because people uh-huh. forget that they also had Carl Malone and Gary Payton added on uh-huh. that team. And now were they in the prime? Of course not. These guys no. were way past their prime. I mean, especially Carl Malone. Man was like forty years old playing out there, okay. But I mean he was but he they were still big names and they could still contribute. You know what I'm saying? So um but all in all I think that it's it's true with what you're saying that it's you need a a guard and a big if you wanna that's a traditional way of winning a championship, um, and and in the NBA I mean look at even mm-hmm. look at even the Bucks this year they had Giannis who's the big and they had two good guards or wings however you want to put it in Drew Holiday and and Chris Middleton. You know, it was they, – they made that jump, you know. It, they made the jump, and um, it's it's impressive, you know. Mm-hmm. So, And look, uh, th- yeah. this is – what I'm suggesting is nothing new. It's merely for the Budenhosers of the world 
that don't get it for the first two games of the series and then make adjustments that everyone's saying you should have yeah. done this from the start. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the obvious it's the obvious path of you know what needs to be done or the obvious path of like how to win a championship. Yeah. Of drafting a guard and then the big a guard first and then a big man second. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, that's why I look at like someone like Luca. He's an elite guard, but he needs to get himself a better big man, you know. Or Przingis should be that guy. Hopefully, he can be that guy still. But we'll see. I mean, I've heard some rumblings that uh, if Kawhi leaves, Mavericks might be that team to get him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. What are you saying, Fonzo? I'm... No, nothing. nothing oh, I thought you piped in for a second. Okay. Um, thank you, Will, for your amazing theory. Um, oh, amazing. I will, I will write down the history books. Uh, of course. <laughs> thank you for it. Um, I would now, like it if you'd write a whole thesis on this for me so I don't have to do it. Uh, I will. I will uh, okay. Consider it. I'm going to hold you to that. I expect <laughs> it by the next time we do the podcast. Uh, I guess we're going to stop this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're okay. done after two episodes. <laughs> Okay, now I got something to say, and this is going to get Fonzo mad, and I can't wait. <laughs> okay, this is why you're here, Fonzo. All right, here, just to get you mad. All right, for sure. I've been thinking about this uh, past few weeks now, and it helps because my new My Career player is on the New York Knicks. So this is totally helps me think. <laughs> okay. Um, but R.J. Barrett, to me, will be better than Zion for his career. Are you being serious? Oh, I'm, I'm being a hundred percent serious. Can I have that writing? <laughs> no, you have it on a recording. It's on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, so this thing will stay on. I just want to make sure, Doug. Um, uh, okay, wait, hold on, hold on. Let me, well, let me explain to me, let me explain to you why. Okay, okay, fine. fine. Okay, let me explain to you why, okay? Um, and this has nothing to do with my, my career player, okay? So, just to get that clear, this has nothing to do with the influence it has on me right now. Are you sure about that? <laughs> Can you okay. clarify real quick what what position in my player plays? Point guard. Okay. I pass it to RJ Barrett all the time. All the time. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> and he and he scores ten points on thirty eight percent over percentage in my game. <laughs> he is the worst. Um, no. So I I'll tell you where I got this originally from. I got this from Peyton, which. Oh, it's a wonderful source. So it's a wonderful source, to say the least. Uh, Can never be wrong. But I, I think about it more and more, and 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 listen, you both might laugh at me. You guys, want, you know what? But this is this is what I believe, and I'm gonna stick by it. Okay. Zion is a better player right now, but he's a number two. Okay. To me, I think R.J. Barrett can 
and will develop into a number one. Okay. And I think that he's and I think he's going to be a better player than than Zion. I, I think he's on a good path right now. But I, I think overall, I look at RJ Barrett as a number one option, and I look at Zion as a number two option. Okay. Okay. That's it's an interesting take. Um, you know, there's a reason why no one really listens to Ping when he gives takes. <laughs> this is another one of these takes. Uh, no way you're saying this right now. But, okay, what, what, I'm what, saying what, it. What makes what makes Zion a number? Two? Let me ask you that. Um, RG Barrett a number one. I okay. Good question. That's a great question. So, Zion, why I think he's number two um, is because I think it has to do with his skill set as a player. I think that he is obviously a great driving a driver. And he's a great force down the paint. But he's not really he, – he can't shoot. Not really. He can't really shoot. Okay, maybe he will one day, um, but okay. he's and he's got decent handles, um, but and he's not a really good defender. So, I think that when I look at Zion, I think that he's can score down low, but due to his size, I'm talking about his height, not his weight. Uh, his height being six foot six. Maybe six foot seven at most, you know, being nice. I think that's going to hinder him. He's not like Giannis, where, see, I think that's like a comparison people want to go to is that, well, Giannis can't shoot and look at him. Giannis is 6'11 with like a 7'5 wingspan. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a bit of a difference between him and someone that's 6'6. You know, I mean, as good as Zion is, he's got freakish athleticism. You know, he's got, what, a 45 inch vert. He weighs like 300 pounds. Okay. He moves like we've never seen someone move before. Just, I don't think that he can really be the number one option on a team when he limits, he's, he's limited physically and also skill wise. Okay. I look at RJ Barrett and, okay, sure. Is he scoring as many points as Zion? No, he's not. I get that. Okay. Um, but I think that first of all, he's a little taller. He's like six, eight. He is a very, very good driver finisher. Okay. He's ambidextrous. He, um, he's got good moves to get him down at the paint. And I was reading this up before I did the podcast. He shot 40% from the, uh, from the three point line this year. Okay. Man. On five, on five attempts. Okay, which is not like a whole lot of attempts, but that's a good amount of attempts. Okay, so he is turning himself into a pretty good three-point shooter, too. And I just think that in today's NBA, like, Zion will be, to me, a better version of a Blake Griffin. Hopefully he doesn't get injured. But, like, a better Blake Griffin. Well, I think I look at, like, Zion, I mean, R.J. Barrett, and... He's got tools of like someone like a um, 
kind of like Paul George. You know what I mean? He kind of reminds me a little bit of Paul George where he kind of slither around, make good shots. He's just got to develop his game a little more. You know, like continue developing. So, yeah. That's that's my that's my reasoning. That's my uh, that's my thinking. And uh, you guys can suck it. <laughs> I like how we have back-to-back controversial uh, takes. Uh, <laughs> or kind of controversial. I don't, I don't think yours was controversial well, as much as mine. There were <laughs> there were moments in there. <laughs> sure. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll, okay, that's true. Fonzo, what do you think? I I see where you're going. Yeah, I look. In my opinion, I agree with you on the fact that I don't think Zion will be a number one. Um, I agree with you that he, you know, I think he's kind of built for like that number two spot on a yeah. team. You know, um, I think it's like you said, his height, his size definitely don't help him, especially his height. But you know, Zion was an All Star this year. I, I, I get for, it. I, no, he's I, good. Okay, but like, you know. Maybe it's the team. Maybe it's the people who are around them. You know, you got Lonzo Ball, who's a you know, great passer and all that good assist man for Zion. But it's like, I don't know. I just how how long how long down the road are we talking? Because we know Zion's better right now. We know that. Um, um, I got the next three years. By the end of the next three years, I've got RJ Barrett. Next years. Yeah, and it could be even sooner. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm being honest. Like I, I look at RJ and I just think that. He's got the tools, physical tools, and the skill set to be an elite wing in the league. And he's a good, and he's a good defender. You know, he's a pretty good defender. I didn't realize uh, Zion was like a bad defender or something. <laughs> Zion is not a good defender. What, I mean, this okay. He is a highlight defender. Do you know what that means? He gets highlight blocks. Yes, like a highlight blocks. But, yeah. But he does. If you're talking about like. All the other plays, like he has like five plays. Okay, he has like three plays a game where he plays like plays great defense. The other like ninety other plays that he plays are not good defense. He is not playing good defense. The other like other times, he, he's he because he's not he's strong as an ox, but he's slower than a than a sloth. Okay, Zion slow, dude. What? He's not quick. He's pretty quick. Not defensively. I, I don't know, man. I have to disagree. I, he's pretty quick. But he, he bites. Okay. Maybe he he's quick. Much. Fine. Fine. I'll give you the quick. I'll give you the quick. But he his defensive IQ is not great. Okay. 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 Next. He is, he is trying to bite for those highlight blocks. Okay. Okay. And, and see, I, I think if he, his, his potential, he could be like a Draymond Green type defender. Right, undersized power forward that can body up bigger guys. Pause. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I just, I just think that um, I, I Zion right now is not a good defender. Okay, he can maybe turn into it. Maybe if he gets a better coach, you know, um, that'll help. But I don't know, man. It's. It's not like I'm not a believer in Zion. I like Zion a lot. I think he's very good. I just think that I like RJ Barrett a little more. Uh, you know, that's fine. You you can. <laughs> look, I'm not. Look, I'm not. Man, are you mad? <laughs> RJ Barrett could not be better than Zion one day. I'm not saying that. 
I'm just saying in the next, you know, three to four years, if, if he works on his shooting, you know, um, if he works on his ball handling, because I sure. know he's a good driver. We know that. Yeah, he's he, a great like, driver. He can the, but he can get himself a bucket. You know, he's ambidextrous from – he's pretty yeah. – you know, yeah, he's ambidextrous. You know, he's a good driver, good finisher. You know, and like you were bringing up that with R.J. Barrett. Zion can do that too. You know, he has some pretty okay post moves. You know, Zion, he doesn't have the best, but he's just known for his driving. But, you know, I just – I don't know, man. I, I have to disagree with you on that one. Uh, I think for the next three years, I think Zion will improve overall as a player. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll say this is that I think health also plays a part into why I think I like RJ too. Is because I just think that Zion, that boy's kind of getting slimmed down. Okay, <laughs> the boy's got to slim down. I mean, there's no way that he should be walking like a. Con- I mean, he's like a concrete truck out there, man. I mean, he is so big and, and strong, but it's like. He is doing work to those knees. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm talking about myself right now. I've had <laughs> my own knee problems. And this man is like 100 pounds heavier than I am. How is he doing it? Okay. He's, he's just got to be careful, man. I mean, I just, I, I want Zion to be fine. I just, I just don't. I don't know how he's going to be able to play like this without hurting himself because he jumps so much and I don't know, man, we'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping for, I'm praying for Zion that he'll be good and stay fine. But at the end of the day, I think the safer bet is RJ Barrett in the long run. But just my opinion. Okay. uh, I see that. I see that. Um, Will, you got your take? What you what you want, dog? I mean, it's a pretty hot take. Um, I don't really have anything to add as as the take part. I would ask the question with either player. So, like, starting with Giannis and then going to RJ, like, who do you think they would benefit the most from being around, like, player-wise? So, like, you're saying that... Um, Zion would be as a number two. So, like, who would you pair him with as, like, a number one? Um, I mean, I think a good number one would, I mean, would be a, a, a guard that that can pass and score. I mean, I think we all thought that Lonzo was going to be that dude. It's just unfortunate that Lonzo – Lonzo and Zion have a great chemistry with each other, passing the ball to each other. But mm-hmm. Lonzo is still developing into a – he's going to be, a, a, I think to me, a, a great role player, but he's never going to be a, a superstar player. You know, He's still there, just trying to get over the trauma of being raised by Lamar. Uh, yeah, LeVar. Yeah, yeah, I know. LeVar, it's, yeah. It's... Lamar, LeVar, it's all the same. <laughs> hey, man, come on. Put the the la in front of it, you know, Lamelo, Angelo, um, Lonzo. It's all the same. I, I think, um, you know, Lonzo will continue his development, and maybe one day he'll be a, a good number three. But if you like, for instance, like I think someone like a Luka Doncic or um, Dame Lillard, a Damian Lillard. Oh, man, uh, yeah, I mean, I think a Damian Lillard. 
I mean, I think a number one guard would would work best with Zion. Um, I don't think he would work really well with um, like an Embiid or a um, no or Giannis. Um, he needs to be some, around someone that can shoot and pass. I mean, he would do well mm-hmm. even with Steph Curry. I just think that um, just Zion needs to. If he becomes a one, this is this is what I'm thinking is that if he becomes a one, he has a limit to what he can do offensively. Right, he's a superior as a you know beat you down low you know, get buckets down low. But like I said, his physical limitations limit him. You can't do what Giannis does game in and game out. So... And for sure, 15, 20 years. No. So I think you put him at a two where he can be like... If you put him at a two, he'd be one of the best twos in the league. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's That's where I have him at. So, yeah, I think a good guard. You know, just a really good elite guard would, would, would do best for him. So what you're saying is he needs to follow the championship formula. Oh, good God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. He needs to find uh, a team that has drafted a really good guard. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I, I got... Um, and with R.J. Barrett, for instance, like, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, I could even see, like, if, if R.J. Barrett and Zion teamed up with each other one day. Like you mean was, you mean like they did in college? Yeah, like they did in college. <laughs> they're just better players. I because I, I think that like Zion and RJ work well with each other, and I I, I would love to see that reunion. Honestly, you know, you know question about that. With that book, right? Who who did you consider was the one on college for Duke? <laughs> oh no! Straight up, answer me that. Tell me that because if you consider Zion. On Duke, the number one. There's no way that RJ will be the one. On the- yeah, so Zion was the one. That's, Zion. Was that's the not one necessarily one. true. But let me say this. Let me say this. If they keep developing to get better, I mean, like. Okay, Zion was the number one in college, and that's why they didn't win the championship. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> wasn't that catch and RJ couldn't get buckets or anything like that? But I, I'm just okay. I was. I was just pulling. A, I was just pulling a leg right there. Listen, Zion was. The one in college. I mean, he was that guy. They just a lot of I, one and done I players think he, don't win championships in in college. It's, it's mm-hmm. pretty fair. Well, I think you also have to realize, like at the collegiate level, just physically, he was so much different. Than anyone, you know, but yeah. then you come to the yeah. NBA. And then you have an even higher pinnacle of, like, yes, like, he's still kind of a freak athlete in the NBA, but there are players that are bigger, that are just as strong or close enough, but then that are also a lot more skilled. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? So it's like, right, right. You, can be, you can be the best player ever to play in college, and we see this all the time. Where yeah. you you dominate in college and then you get to the professional level and it's like no nah, you're bottom of the barrel at best, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which right. which isn't 
which isn't the case necessarily with Zion, but it's hard to just go like, you know, college is the the absolute stick with which to measure. Right, right. Yeah. See, I think to me, Zion could become a number one if he does two things. Um, three things, actually, but more so two things. It's It would be improve his shooting, which he could very well do, right? Improve his shooting and those two things would help him tremendously into, be, into developing into a number one because because of his size, he can only do so much right now. Oh, yeah. But if he becomes, if he can become like a decent shooter, like 32, 33% from three, but it's like respectable enough to like have to go out and his passing improves by a good amount, he goes from like two assists a game to like five assists a game. I mean, now you're talking. Now, now we're talking about a number one, okay? A guy that's six six, three hundred pounds, and 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 you know that's you know that's getting twenty twenty six points, you know eight or nine rebounds, five assists, that but shooting the ball at like a thirty three percent clip from three. Okay, we're talking. This is this is the number one right here. But until I see that improvement from Zion, I, I just don't know. And, and I guess for me, why I, I picked RJ is because I did see that improvement from RJ from year one to year two. Mm-hmm. That he made a jump from from being a purely a slasher to being a shooter too. And Zion needs to improve on his shooting game or his passing game. Both would be best to to really be a number one to me. So, um. That's just that's just my opinion. I mean, to me, Giannis is a number one, real quick. But even though he can't shoot, but he's six eleven, so yeah, he, his other he, his attributes make up for it. Yeah, yeah he gets by with being a, a, a non-threat from three because he can just dunk on everyone anytime he wants. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I think I think the biggest thing is like, like just to compare Giannis to Zion, real quick, of like. Coming into the league, Zion had a much higher expectation just because of, like, yeah, a lot of things, I think you could say. Like, social media was a big one for, I think, Zion a lot yeah, more than, like, a lot of players. Like, Redonx. But, like, the, the hype that's there in social media, and then you also have to consider, like, there are these freak physical accolades that like were measured with him that it was like, okay, like this is what he should be able to do. Yeah. Like coming into the league, like there was an expectation of like, okay, like he's going to dominate, like drive to the basket and just destroy people on dunks and all of that. Right. And he's, you know, Zion's lived up kind of the, to that expectation. But then when you look at Giannis, there were some expectations, but it was also like, yeah, n- not not anywhere near the same as well, he's, with he's Zion. He's a developing but product. The, but then that's my point is that Giannis then went and far exceeded anyone's expectations 
and just full on went into dominant mode, you know, back-to-back MVPs now then winning the championship of like, okay, he proved with his style of getting better and, mm-hmm. you know, just dominating in that way and far exceeding expectations as opposed to with Zion where it's like, yeah, like you kind of, you lived up to your, the expectations that everyone had on you, but it's like, can you do more? Yep. No, I agree. That's a, that's a fair, fair point. Well, that was my that was my little take. And uh, your spiel. What's what's Fonzo's what's Fonzo's hot take? Um. Oh boy. Okay. Well, this isn't really a hot take, but here's the take. It's actually more of a question. So, since now that Giannis has won a chip, uh, now, uh-huh. do you think with Dame Lillard seeing that? Do you think he has confidence now that he could do it with the Blazers because he saw someone else do it? Do you think he's going to stay? Or do you think he's going to – it's kind of like do you think he's going to trade or stay, but like do you think him seeing Giannis win it all gave him that kind of like confidence boost? Like, oh, he can do it. Like in a sense, like I could do it because he did with his own team. Right, right. Well, who are you asking first? Uh, Either one of you guys can go first, whoever has the answer first or like or give on it. It's fine. Connie. Um, Go ahead. I, I think. Okay, if I'm Damian Lillard, I don't think it would give me much confidence. Um, because he's not Zion. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, to be honest. Um. Yeah. Well. It, <laughs> I'd have to look at my franchise and my my general manager and like, you know, have you done enough to help help me win? You know, and because Damian Lillard is a great player, we know that he puts up great numbers and does his thing, but um, I think I, I in fact you may you may even look at another way you could. It might even do the. It might backfire on on Damian Lillard. You know, he might look at it like, you know, my franchise hasn't done enough to help me, and look what they've done for Giannis. Maybe I should be on another team, and they'll help me more than my team than my franchise did. You know what I mean? Very true. So I I just I I don't think it helps. I think I think in some ways it actually damages it because Giannis did wait, but what what the Bucks did was they did whatever they could to win and they got Drew Holiday and he was a big difference maker and I think with the uh, with the with the Portland Trailblazers I mean what have they done in the past two or three years that you can say well they really went all in for for Damian Lillard there's nothing really you can say I mean what Carmelo Robert (laughs) Rob Robert Covington, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, Norm Powell. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, what are we talking here? Joseph yeah. Nurkic? Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying these guys are bad players. These guys are very good players. But are we talking about an elite player? No, we're not talking about none of those guys are elite players. Carmelo's long gone, obviously, been gone. Um, gonna I, stay I gone. I, he's stay gone. I mean, he's good still, obviously, but he's not not. Carmelo of old, no. um, but yeah, I, I just think Damian Lillard. If I if I'm if I'm him, I'm like, 
I want to go to a different team. You know, why why would I, and 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 them getting a different coach? You know, Terry Stotts is not a great coach. He was an okay coach, but it's kind of like too little, too late. Okay, too little, too late. You you got. I, I don't even know who their coach is. It was Chauncey Phillips. Now, let me see. I think so. Who's their coach? Yeah, it's, it's it's Chauncey Billis now, and I'm like, Chauncey. I mean, why would I want to go ahead and go with a with a rookie head coach that 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 hasn't that hasn't coached a lick of basketball in the NBA, and and, and try to continue with this? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we don't know how good Chauncey's going to be. You know, he, he, you know. So it just, I I I don't think it helps. I think I think it makes it worse and. I think it's going to make Jamie Lillard want to leave personally, but uh, yeah. I, I like the question though. Uh, what were you going to say, Will? I mean, we talked about it last week of like when we were discussing the topic of like what the ring would mean to like CP3 and then Giannis, and like the thing I said is obviously it's very gratifying in the decision that he made for Giannis to stay with Milwaukee, right? Like, it's definitely a relief to be like, oh, (laughs) I didn't make a mistake in deciding to not go to, like, a Golden State or any other team, for that matter, that was a contender. Um, But I think just looking at it now from the, the context of, like, for Dame, I think it's a little bit different. Because I think here's, like, the thing is, like, specifically within, like, the last three years, we've seen Giannis get better and prove that he's one of the best players in the league. And, like, obviously the two MVPs, but, like, within those years of, like, getting better within the team and then them, like, consistently staying a top four team within the league, which again, mm-hmm. like, you know, the Blazers have been consistently in the playoffs for years now, but I think the biggest question that I think this should raise for Dame is like, is his play style flawed? Cause like, yeah. I think the, the question raises like, so Giannis is obviously the star. And so you build around that star. And as the star, you have to trust that your team is going to build around you. Mm-hmm. But for specifically with Dame and the Blazers, it's like, okay, we've kind of tried to build around you. Like we haven't done an incredible job, but like you've never been able to take us very far. Yeah. Like for Damian Lillard. And it's like, is the management the problem or is it also acknowledging that like Dame Dame's play style is also a factor in them not making it very far every single year? Hmm. Yeah, I mean I think to me I think Dame Real Lillard um can be the guy. I, I think yeah, he can be the I guy think- on the- on a championship team, like I think that them trying to, if they were trying to push the blame on him for anything, I think it's kind of like if I was if I'm Damian Lillard, I'm like you did not just say 
Like you, you're not saying what I think you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, are you really saying that like I'm I'm the problem? Like I'm a but so here's here's my point is I think an ex- a perfect example to go along with this is the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Of you trust in James Harden of like okay like we're gonna let you be the star player that we build around like what do you want us to do here like okay we'll go out and get Chris Paul we'll go out and you know, we'll have Capella, all that. We'll get all these players, like, you want to shoot threes every single time you go down the court? All right, we're going to get you a bunch of players that can shoot threes, you know, off of the pass, like catch and shoot threes. But then they get to a certain point, and then it's just the same thing of that play style of building around Harden. It's like, yeah, you kind of can't win that way, at least not with those players. You know what I mean? Well, I'll say I'll say something to that is that a couple things is that one, Brooklyn and Rockets came across the Warriors, so For sure. that makes it kind of like a kind of a cop out for both those teams. But like, well, we had we had championship level teams at one point, but more so the Rockets and the Portland Trailblazers. But we came across a dynasty. And there's just mm-hmm. nothing we could do, no matter what. That was just the case, you know. Kevin Durant, Curry, and Clay is just too much to handle. Yeah, um, but I but, mean, let's also not forget that in twenty was twenty eighteen when they went, went against the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. No, no I, KD. I, I, well, I, no, I get that. Well, that, that's all I'm about to say for my second point is that comparing the Rockets and the Trailblazers, I think that like. Damian Lillard has never had close to the seconds, like to a number twos that that James Harden had with his number twos, right? Like you look at James Harden always had, not always had, but he had Chris Paul for a while, for like two or three years. For those two years, yeah. Yeah, those are two years. And then he had Westbrook. Okay, well, Westbrook we know is... Westbrook. Is, he's Westbrook, okay? But I still think those two guys... Are are much better, or at least a little better than CJ McCollum, and I think that if you if they yeah. if they plan something better, like the Trailblazer ma- uh, management plan something better around Damian Lillard, um, instead of having just CJ McCollum as your second guy, they they would have gone farther, or they would have done more. And I I think that's the thing is that it is similar. I do see your comparisons with the Rockets and the Trailblazers. But I just I think again like the Trailblazers management just have haven't done enough for for Damian Damian Lillard to get enough help around him. I mean CJ McCollum he's a good scorer he's he's an elite scorer in a lot of ways. But come on man, are you really gonna rely on him being your like your number two? <laughs> I mean he's I mean, he's not even close to Chris Milton. You know what I no. mean? Like it's it's come on you know it's he's good player but not he's he's really not really even an all-star i mean he's a no you know what i mean so i just i think they need to they should have done more to help him they should have done a trade with you know cj trade cj mccollum and another guy and maybe some picks and they should have gotten someone else you know try to just Mm -hmm. get a wing for damian lillard or a big whatever the case an elite big though you know and help them out, but 
that's why it's too little too late now now i kind of want transition if you guys don't mind what do you guys have anything else you guys want to say segway anything you want to say fonto i'm good because i want to transition to this is damian lillard trade packages because there's a chance that he might be gone this year. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of rumors going about. And one of the biggest rumors I've seen, and uh, I mean, I think he's definitely worth more, but is is a Damian Lillard to the Sixers. And it would be a trade with, you know, Ben Simmons and like Matisse Thibel and like, I think Tyrese Maxey and like a few first rounders. So, yeah, I mean, I think depending on how many first rounders you get, you're kind of getting robbed if you're the Trailblazers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fonzo, what do you think? Yeah, you're getting robbed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're, talk- if we're talking like three first rounders, I might be like, uh, yeah. maybe. <laughs> but... It's you're still getting, you're getting a Vince very Simmons, tough tell. He, he's like a young Giannis. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm just messing. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah. Well, um, yeah. See, so do you think there's any chance that Ben Simmons could pull like a LeBron James where he's not a good shooter early on in his career? Okay, but okay. then, li- but then <laughs> later on, <laughs> young LeBron, stop it right now. But then, okay. Then, but then later on, so you know how LeBron will do his thing where he'll take like a three, yeah. and he'll make it, but then he'll decide to take like a thirty-five foot three, yeah. <laughs> just absolutely brick. Yeah, of course, every time. That's gonna yeah. be Ben Simmons in like five years. Yeah, except well, except ben, he's gonna miss he's gonna miss both of the threes. Except, except Ben Simmons is gonna shoot from five feet instead of his one footer. <laughs> uh, no, I, listen. I mean, Ben Simmons is getting a lot of hate right now, which is well deserved. Well deserved. Um, and I'm very disappointed in him because I was a huge believer in this guy, and uh, he's disappointed. But you trusted the process. Yeah, apparently I trusted the wrong process. Um, but but we have to still acknowledge the fact that the dude is still very young and he has a lot of potential still. And even if he stays at where he's at, he's still a good player. He's not great. He's not going to be the next LeBron. He's not the next Giannis. But if he stays where he's at, he's a good player still. Um, but yeah, we're just gonna have to adjust our thinking on Ben Simmons. This man is not gonna be the next LeBron unless he really improves on his shooting. I mean, unless he like really like becomes but, like, a better shooter, but that ain't happening. So, yeah, that ain't it, Chief. Well, was that Fonzo? Yeah, you know, obviously we all criticize him for like mainly his shooting. Right. And, you know, as our dad has said, Connie, like, what does he do in the offseason? Yeah, you know, I know. Like, yeah, and like, you, he, he, he's, 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 play, <laughs> and you can't even make a three. You suck free throws. It's like, look, <laughs> I know I'm not gay. None of 
us are. But as time has gone on as, and, and as I've gotten older, I've gotten way more confident in shooting and dribbling and just everything in general. He doesn't get confident at all. He doesn't want to. Do I trust you to make a three over him. That's facts. <laughs> to the sense where, like, as you get in the league, like, as you play longer in the league, I would think you would get more confident in your ability to score and shoot. It's all mental with him, I would well, assume. He's doing, he's doing photo shoots with uh, Kyle Kuzma, that's why. Yeah, you know, get Kuzma out of there, dude. Oh, like, but him Kuzma and Kuzma, are, you know, you know, him and Kuzma are just trying to do photo shoots together, dog. Man, Kuzma sucks. Anyway, Ben Simmons, it's all mental. I don't know what he's doing, you know, what he does in the offseason, but just get him out of here. How about that? Yeah, it's we'll see. I mean, I, I, I think that back to the trade for Damian Lillard. Um, I, I think that. The Warriors have an intriguing trade trade package for him. You know, it just depends on would you do it and how much are you willing to give up? Mm-hmm. You know, and I would probably do it depending on how much I'm giving up. You know, like if I'm if I'm giving up Wiseman, Wiggins, and the two picks, that's a it's a little steep. It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it seems like looking at it now, Wiggins is going to have to be part of any trade package for another star yeah. because of the money. So Wiggins is going to be gone. I- I've been hearing some rumors real quick on different trade packages for the Warriors. You sent me it earlier, Will. Uh, Bradley Beal. Yeah. And um, I think Bradley Beal's great. He was right behind the scoring title this year behind Stephen Curry. He was second in the league in scoring. Um, <clears throat> so Bradley Beal can score buckets. Not a great defender, though. You know, he's yeah. decent. But... <clears throat> I mean, at that point, if you're going to go with Bradley Beal, you're not playing any defense just because of the fact of you're playing small ball. Like, you're playing extreme small ball at that point. Well, they have a mid-level exception, so they can actually get a big if they want to in the off season. Like if they needed to get like a center, like. But I mean, just just in the, I mean, oh, you're I not know. gonna put you're not gonna put Bradley Beal on the bench. No, what I'm saying is that like, like <clears throat> so you're talking do... your starting lineup is gonna be Steph, Bradley Beal, Clay Thompson, Draymond, and then whatever center you can get, like yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a – that's pretty small ball. Well, Bradley Beal isn't that small. I mean, he's 6'5". You know. That's, I mean, still overall, that's kind of small for I – mean, Dre- Yeah. I mean, it's not – definitely not a big lineup, but it's it's not like – it's not it's not small ball either, you know, depending on what center you got. I mean, it depends on who the, the Warriors would get, you know, at center. But – um. You still have Kevon Looney behind them, and um, you know Pascal. I guess would be another like small. He's not that big though, but he's a forward. <clears throat> yeah, but he's a forward. But I, I just think like I don't mind the pick. I don't mind the trade. I mean, obviously, the best thing would be is if they traded Wiggins and those two picks just for Bradley Beal and they kept Wiseman. Yeah, that would be amazing. But that's not going to happen. Yeah, you know, but it maybe what like I would I, do 
Yeah, was- like I told you before, I think it's just absolutely hilarious that like every, not every, but a lot of people are like, oh, Wiseman's a bust. You need to move on from him or whatever. Like, you yeah. need to take your chances or whatever. But those are the same people that are like, you should include him in a trade package. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> so does he have value or does he not have value? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Make up your mind. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I just, I mean, would you do a trade for Przingis? For the Warriors, including Wiseman. I mean, if you were to do a trade like Wiseman and Wiggins for Przingis, you kept the two picks. <sighs> That's tough. Przingis came off a bad playoff, but I think he's still a good player. He averaged like twenty points in the playoff uh, in the regular. Yeah, season. and that's kind of why it's tough. Is like. You know, what you know what you're getting with Perzingis, and it's good. But, like, with Wiseman, there's the risk factor. But it's also the risk factor is, like, you're probably going to get someone who's great, at least on some level. Like, we're not necessarily talking all-time great, but we're talking, like, one of the better players in the league, most likely, in mm-hmm. five years. And... Yeah. If he continue, if he can play the way that he showed he could this last year, but just stay healthy, like I think it would be hard to convince me to want to take any trade package, just because of the fact of like I think the center position is also less important for the Warriors, yeah. obviously, like. You just need a decent center, and that's, or like a good decent center, and that's what Wiseman showed he could be. It's just stay healthy, you know, right, and consistent. Okay. Uh, Fonzie, you have anything to say? No, you guys pretty much uh, covered it. I mean, everything I was gonna say, you guys covered. Okay, so I got one last thing I want to talk about. And then I got to go to bed. So I'm getting tired. <laughs> okay. It's 11 o'clock here and yeah. I am out of it. So it's something I was, I've was i been thinking about. You could say it's my own theory. Similar, you know, not similar, but it's, you know, Will had his theory. I have my own theory. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if we're going, if we're going off of, uh, you know, how successful the theories have been, you know, yeah. <laughs> Yours is probably going to be trash too, you know. Possibly. Okay, so here's what I had, um, and I just want to ask you guys first, like, if you think this is a fair assessment. Um, <clears throat> would you guys agree that in every decade of the NBA, starting from 1960s till today, that there has been at least two? Um, at least two top 20 players in each decade. Is that a fair assessment? And I'll, 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 name, off some, I'll name off some players. I'll name off some players real quick. Okay. 1960s, you got Bill and Wilt, uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain. Okay, yeah. Okay. 
those two guys are considered top 20 players all time. Yes. Okay. Uh, I would say in the 70s, uh, Kareem and Oscar Robertson. Okay. Okay. Um, I think you can also make an argument for Jerry West. Sure. Yeah. I mean, those, I mean, I was saying at least two, not just yeah. two. I'm saying at least okay. two. Yeah. Even more, right. Um, 80s, you got Bird and Magic plus yeah. some sprink- other guys sprinkled in there. But I'm talking about like headline guys. I'm talking about the guys that headlined, you know, the decade, right? Right. So, you know, 80s, Bird and Magic. 90s, Jordan, and probably Hakeem. You obviously got Pippen, maybe Pippen in there. You know, is he a top 20 player? I don't know. But Hakeem, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Those two guys. Okay. Um, in the 2000s, you got a plethora of guys in there, but you got like Shaq and Kobe. Okay. You got LeBron in there too. Obviously, you got maybe, I don't know. Some other guys too. 2010s. Okay. You got LeBron and Curry. And right. and, Dur- and Durant in there too. Okay. So all that being said, would you guys agree with my assessment? I mean it's fair. Okay. Fonzo, what do you think? It's fair. But I don't think every player that has been great in each decade is in the top 20. Well, the people I said don't necessarily have to be, like, top 20. But, like, definitely, like, in each decade, like, do you think that there's, like... Like, which decade would you say you have, like, the most problem with? No, I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm, The players you said, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just talking about for the other players. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All that being said, for the 2020s, if you guys would take a guess, who would you say will be two of the top 20 players that that, that will end up being two of the top 20 players all time in the 2020s? Well, you can go first. Ah... I mean, I think the obvious two are probably Giannis and uh, Luca. Okay, Fonzie, you got Mikey Will in there? <laughs> of course, that's what has to be in my mind. <laughs> if you, I mean, Will dude, and LaMelo Ball are gonna carry this league. Fonzie, do that stuff. Oh my god. No, okay, no, but I mean, like you, like Will said, the obvious two are Luca and Giannis for sure. Yeah. Um. Like, you know, you have other players like that have a lot of potential. Like, you know, Zion, obviously, like RJ Barrett could be up there. Jason Lamella Tatum. Ball has a lot of talent. Um, you know, but I think the, the the clear two are definitely Giannis and Luca. So, are you asking the question just from like, who do you think the top two for the decade will be, or who do you think could finish top 20 all time? Uh, it's it's both, but it it would probably be lean towards more so like who would who would end up in the top twenty all time. Yeah, oh. definitely. I would say definitely those two. Yeah, 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 for sure. 
yeah, the, those two guys, I, I, and I, I agree. I think those two guys are going to be in the top 20 all times. And, and if I were to take, to make a prediction and a, and a guess, I could see one of those two ending up in the top 10. Um, depending though on how their careers go, obviously, and who helps them. Um, so, and I, my my guess would be Luca. I, I think Luca will. In my opinion, I think Luca will end up as a top ten player all time. Um, it's a strong opinion. Strong. Right but that's that's my opinion. But okay, well, I I mean that's I think that's a good uh good good little thing. I I think Jason Tatum could also end up being in the top twenty all time potentially. Um, great score. Great defender, still, still young, you know. So, and who knows? I mean, listen, if 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 the Suns are for reals and they play well for the next five years, I mean, Booker might be one of those guys too if he wins a couple championships, you know. So, there's a lot of great players still playing that, that are playing right now in the NBA that are young, that are like twenty, like twenty six and under. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. You look at that. <laughs> That have been in the league for seven years, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. You know who I just saw? You know who I just, like, it was crazy. That I, um, Steven Adams is 27 years old. Oh, my God. Jeez. Does he not look like he's 33 years old? Like, he's, like, Steph Curry's age? Like, he's been playing since Steph Curry's been around? Oh, but he's 27. Uh... He's only a year yo- He's, like, a year and a half older than Giannis. Like, Jason Tatum is 19, dude. Stop it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well. Thanks for listening to the Two Stools podcast. We hope you enjoyed. And if you did, please give a follow and keep your notifications on for new episodes. Take care.